When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. It's it's been too long. Aaron, I know I we've already recorded episode one, and I I will say this again in episode one because that was the first podcast we recorded. But man, it feels like it's been forever. The last year has gone by so slowly. Uh, as an Expanse fan, I wasn't sure if it would yeah. ever come. Yeah, and it's it's like um, there's, there's just so much excitement in the community now because we just yeah. got the final book. Whereas I don't, I'm not, I'm not that far along in the series. Me um, uh, the final book came out. It's, it came out 48 hours ago from the time of us recording this, um, and I'm already getting some pretty positive reviews of it. Uh, seems like uh, people are thinking it's a pretty satisfying conclusion. Nice. Um, so that's kind of a load off, and we're all getting the, what the Amazon's calling the final season of The Expanse, mm-hmm. season six. Um, I guess we should say also, maybe we'll talk more about this later on, but also Jim and I are engaging in some Expanse fan fiction. We are doing an audio, the very brief, like 10, 15 minutes uh, audio drama mm-hmm. called A Very Belter Christmas. Um, so if you're excited about that, it, 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 if you're on the Expanse feed, it'll just show up in, in your feed. But uh, yeah. we'll talk about that here in a minute. Right. Um, so some of the other things talk about- we're going to talk about uh, today, just to just to get everybody sort of ready for season six. Uh, I think yeah. we're going to do a sort of catch up on season five. Like, where do we leave everybody? Um, what, what's the table set like for season six? Uh, I think we might talk a little bit about whether or not this is the final season. Although, you know, we do some of that in the previous, which for you is the next episode. Um, so I don't know. We'll see, but we're also going to talk about the trailers that are out there. And we have seen the first two episodes because we did get screeners for the show. Uh, like we did last year. So we're going to talk a little bit about our overall impressions of that without giving any spoilers or anything. Uh, right. and, and just, you know, g- kind of get a feel for how this uh, first third of the final season is going to go. Because there's only six episodes. That yeah. is uh, a somber thing that I keep coming back to. It's like, we're going to have Christmas and then about two more weeks and we'll be out of the expanse. So mm-hmm. um, Potentially forever. You, where- where do you want to start? Um, do you want to talk about maybe uh, where we left off of the, the previous yeah. season? Then we can talk about maybe the trailer, and then we can talk about the, our thoughts on the new season. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, right. So as far as, like, I guess the crew of the Rocinante, they were all split up uh, in season five. You know, you had Amos down on Earth doing things. You had Mars. Naomi out on the, the chain smoker. Uh, barely surviving. You had uh, Holden just kind of sitting around for a long time. Uh, yeah, and then getting embroiled. Something in, happened to him. Yeah, in an t- attempted coup, uh, murder plot. Yeah, I mean, so, so let's take them one at a time. I guess Naomi. Um, she went through hell aboard the Pella, which is Marco's flagship, uh, with her son Philip, and trying to essentially extricate him from Marco's grip, his psychological grip on her son. Uh, and that kind of failed, although she did plant some seeds that might be, you know, taking root. Um, and then she managed to remove herself from that situation by spacewalking over, doing a naked spacewalk over to the chain smoker and figuring out how to contact doing the, the, her friend Naomi shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being uh, an awesome engineer. Uh, and then also, you know, got rescued by the rest of her crew. So she's kind of safe and sound now, recovering from that. Uh, one person who won't be recovering from that experience is Alex. Alex died. He had a stroke uh, while he was rushing 
to help save Naomi. Uh, so he did not make it out of the season. And I think we all know why. Stroke. Yep. Um, Claire, do you remember where we left Claire last season? Claire had been uh, bamboozled onto the Rasananthi with Amos recalling times where Holden was maybe willing to kill him. And uh, we've all let bygones be bygones, right? We, we, there's no bad blood between us. <laughs> sure. I'm glad you agree. Here's Clarissa Mao, I'm, where I'm taking her on as an apprentice mechanic. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of spend is the last... whole season together, right? Claire and, and Amos. Yeah. Yeah. They, the, 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 the asteroid attacks on Earth kind of th- throw them together, um, uh, inadvertently spring her out of jail and uh, find their way off planet. So, uh, yeah. And she's part of his up. tribe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and along the way, they pick up one of Amos's old uh, crime buddies, Eric, and he ends up kind of helping see them through the hardest parts of of the the rocks hitting Earth, and then ends up on Luna. I don't know if they're going to do anything with Eric um, in season six. We'll see. Because that was one of the questions I had. Like, what is he going to do on Luna? Where is he going to fit into the criminal underworld there? And right. I guess he'll make his way somehow. Uh, drummer, He's a resourceful guy. Maybe talk about Drummer a little bit. She has defected from the the Free Navy, though I would say she has not defected to anywhere, right? She's just kind of pissed right. off everybody. She's sort not of in like the middle she, of this whole thing. Yeah, she as at the end of last season, she is not like flying under a UN flag. She is like, you know, the face of all the belters who are not accepting the rule of Marco Inaros and his Free Navy. Mm-hmm. And are distance, wanting to distance themselves either from his atrocities or just that he's a massive prick. Like, I just did a complete rewatch of the whole show in the last week, and I reread book five, uh, or actually read book five for the first time to kind mm-hmm. of prep myself for the season. And I'd forgotten like how early they established like Marco and Aros as a character. Like he's mentioned and Philip in season one, and then we hear rumors of him in season wow. three. And then we Ashford Claw uh, Claus Ashford and and uh, Drummer mm-hmm. have him in their clutches on two occasions and mm-hmm. let him go for what seems like misguided political reasons. Now that we've got the the whole you know we we seem smart at the time foresight yeah but but like boy y- yeah they do a really good job of establishing and Drummer's got one of the stronger arcs of the of the. The, the whole show in terms of like you know her kind of growing up in the shadow of these elder belt statesmen first with the more antagonist or like more brash and uh, radical Anderson Doss and then the more you know measured and and patient Fred Johnson and then you know molded also by her uh, tutelage under Ashford and uh, you know she just she just hates Marco and thinks what he's yeah. done is, is repellent. So, and it didn't help how that does she, he was commanding her to kill the boyfriend of like her best friend that, that probably right. didn't help either. <laughs> right. Cause that's right. what people she that she respects and admires. Marco, uh, uh, uh perpetrates an at- assault on tight, Ty- a Tycho that kills Fred Johnson. So she's got a lot of killed Ashford. She, mm-hmm. It's uh, there's a lot of reasons for her to hate this guy. So she's kind of yeah. fighting a one woman, uh, war against him. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we've mentioned him a lot, Marco, um, through rocks at Earth, big rocks that that to to some degree, more or less uh, disabled and crippled Earth. We don't I think that was one of the big complaints last season is nobody really knew how devastated Earth was. I kept the questions. I had three big questions uh, coming out of last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them was exactly how bad is the Earth fuck? And yeah. uh, no spo- I, we I think we come back and get ad- satisfying answers to those questions. I agree. Um, yes, they but, took, but it the, was left a little little ambiguous. Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll know a lot more about that very quickly in this next season. Uh, so Marco and the the Belters of the Free Navy, uh, along with like a lot of help from the Martians, um, the actually rogue Martian elements, were able to take Medina Station and sort of lock down all of the the ring gates um by owning that that little piece of property there and also by throwing rocks at earth um kind of kept kept their fleet busy and um you know was able to hold territory that way 
And if you guys remember at the very end of last season, the Barkeith, which was one of those defecting Martian ships, um, entered the ring and was, let's say, disintegrated by some unknown force, which we think is the same force that ended up killing the proto-molecule creators. Yeah, like the red anti-energy clouds yeah. that the, we've seen in some of Holden's visions. And like you said, with the anti-protomolecule artifact, and it, it seemed, seemed like the ring gate's getting hungry somehow. And then we Angry. go kind of through the ring gate over to Laconia, where there is some kind of protomolecule-esque um, structure being built uh, yeah. above it. In orbit of the, the it. sole surviving protogen scientist from the original protomolecule experience, Cortazar, I think is his name. Uh-huh. Uh, somehow they've got a this the, the they've got him across the gate. He's at this planet Laconia and he's doing crazy things with it. We see yeah. in orbit a giant what looks like protomolecule installation starship bigger in scale than anything we've ever seen before. Yeah, so they have set the table for big conflicts in this final season. Um, you know, not just with the free Navy, which I think is going to be a big one, but with some potential proto molecule or even something bigger and nastier than the proto molecule. So I'm, I'm really curious to see where it goes. We, like I said, have seen the first two episodes, but can we talk about Bobby? I want to talk about Bobby. I think those are the other two big, big pieces on the board. Uh, Okay. I guess I'll talk about it. So Bobby yeah. has been, you know, she's uh, the last few seasons. She doesn't really have a home, you know. Uh, she keeps keeps having to, tr- to, to commit what is apparent treason on Mars, which uh, causes her problems with there. Of course, Mars is also becoming a ghost town because of the, you know, why terraform Mars and spend all that time if you can just pick up and go claim one of the eleven hundred new systems that's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this opportunity, but danger. And uh, Bobby uh, seems like she's uh, on a on a track to work a lot more closely with Avasarala because you know they they've built up a mutual respect and affinity for each other, uh, some trust. And who's the other? Oh, and Avasarala. You know she has been defeated by her political rival, uh, Miss Gao, Nancy Gao, I think was her name. Mm. Uh, but she died. Uh, UN Secretary Gao died in the first wave of the the terrorist attacks by Marco, the rock rock attacks. And now Avasarala is essentially the the god empress queen of the earth. Yeah, she's there's you know she's she's running things and and kind of under the rubric of martial law. So she has a lot lot of power and but but a, a, a tricky situation because a lot of responsibility. Her, yeah, her fleet's pinned down protecting Earth. Marco's running wild in the uh, the outer planets, and uh, Mars is kind of uh, everybody in a gravity well is is kind of hunkered down. Um, why the free navy is allowed to recruit and rampage as they will mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, kind of where we leave the last season. yeah that was pretty well all, all my big uh, my big questions were like you know what happened to the martian ship that was going through the laconia gate uh how bad is the earth fucked um what's the deal with monica that was the other big question i had like it seemed like she was the linchpin and some of the free navy plans and I got to say that yeah. two episodes in, I've gotten a lot better feeling about two of those three mysteries. <laughs> I still am not exactly sure, yeah. like, you know, what was going on with the Monica thing. We talked about this on the Discord a bit, and I think um, it, the, the most plausible thing I saw is, and maybe there's more to come because like, I'm not a book reader, but the most plausible theory I saw was that, like, this is, there's a lot of theme of how jealous Marco was of James Holden. and you know, it's jealous of the fact that he's got badass Martian ship, jealous of the fact that he ran off with this girl, jealous of the fact that he gets all this press and attention personified by Monica. So, like, some of his attacks were deliberately at taking the things from Holden and claiming them for himself. So, could it just be that? Yeah. Just, like, good old-fashioned dick dick measurement. For sure. Um, That's part of it. And and she might have just been a distraction, but there were a lot of questions around that, too, and the the actual details of her abduction and all that but i don't think we're gonna get many answers if you still have questions about that (sighs) probably probably do we want to talk about the trailer sure um and then i guess once we're done with that we can get right to our impressions of the first two episodes and maybe just kind of um talk about the plausibility of this being the final season maybe talk about our own christmas project uh you want to start with the trailer 
Uh, yeah. So I watch the official ones that are on, you know, Amazon.com. Um, there's sure. a teaser. This is a real short thing. And then there's the full trailer, which, uh, after seeing the first two episodes, I'm, I'm happy to say is about, you know, mostly everything in there is in those first two episodes. Um, yeah, not shot for shot. There are a couple of shots that I didn't recognize. percent is probably yeah. 90%. And thematically, the first two. everything they're establishing in that trailer is, is right at the beginning of the season there. So, yeah. Um, and I assume that those themes will carry throughout the season. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think this trailer um, sells the tone of the season pretty well, at least of what we've seen. It is a much more dour, somber affair. This, we are much. in the middle of a war of, for survival. Um, I, I was one of the questions I had was, you know, what, how will they treat the death of Alex? Because I know that doesn't happen in the books because the real Alex uh, isn't, isn't, uh, doesn't fuck with underage girls, in hotel rooms. Um, he's, he's a hero. <laughs> And uh, 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 and then uh, you know Alex dies here on the show, but yeah. I was wondering like, will they just kind of like you know passage time and everyone's fine and you know we'll replace Bull, we'll put Bull in as a pilot. They don't do that. They spend a lot of the first few episodes with the crew actively dealing with the grief of losing a family member, a crewmate. Yeah, which I like. Um, they didn't yeah, have a lot I think of time for that, right? Yeah, and they have to. It's like something they probably. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, you know, they don't, but, but it, 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 it probably adds to the character that like it personifies the loss because, you know, um, our crew has been largely, Amos doesn't care about anyone on earth, mm. uh, other than the old lady that, you know, he made sure was taken care of last year. Um, Holden's family, I think last we heard is fine. You know, they're living on their self-sufficient farm and like long-term who knows with the earth, but like. Alex is kind of like the 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 the, the face of the of, of this war of, of people that are tragically lost. Um, it personifies. It makes it personal for the crew, um, and I think it fits in really well with the theme because you know it, Naomi uh, uh, is among other things a belter, mm-hmm. and it's very painful to be in a civil war. Uh, yeah, you know that for 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 her, and it's especially painful for. You know, Avastral pointed them out as like, look at this thing of an example of Martians and Earthers and Belters working together. But also, that's that's uh, uh, they're, they're unique in that capacity, um, and maybe that causes some friction. Yeah, I mean, I think Holden has always done a pretty good job of understanding, you know, what her Belter roots mean to her, um, and how, it, it, you know, I, I could see her being on a different ship with a less understanding captain. Um, and just being forced into situations that make her kill people she knows and loves and, and doesn't think are bad. Um, but I, I think Holden is, yeah, he, he's more understanding than that. And yes, she's going to be in situations where they've got to do things, but I think he's going to at least try to make those situations not as violent um, or confrontational as they could be because of that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But we'll you see. know, one thing they, they 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 tease in a trailer that I've been really looking forward to. It's like all I've hoped for for as a fan. It's like I wanted, I've always wanted Bobby to join the crew. I always thought that that was going to happen, like from season two, and they've resisted that. Like they've never. Yeah. Even when it seems like, oh, well, obviously in season four, the comeback should be part of the crew. Now she's like mopping Martian floors or some shit rather than like, God, I just want him to gallivant along with the rocks. <laughs> uh, 
she's they're they're at least doing a, a, a an operation together according to this trailer mm-hmm. like uh they're going to work together in an official capacity and i'm very happy to see whatever bobby on the rasinante we end up getting all i've wanted yeah i do wonder why they they decided um they, they made the decision to not make bobby part of the regular crew much sooner because like did they not know what they had in Bobby? Did they not see that character and go, this is a fan favorite and we want to get them together? Or were they teasing us? And, and well, she also got an arc you know, in the book us. that they've been faithful to, right? Like, I, it does seem like that you... I, I, she's not in the books much. Well, that's what I'm saying. So at least they got her in. But, but you're, uh-huh. you're right. It's like, why don't they just... But I, I guess in book five, they knew that she was going to factor big in the, in the Alex's plot line and you know they need to keep us invested in her and i guess that's a short story or two they could adapt and um yeah but yeah like i, I there's they had to be tempted to just like hey you know why not just bring her on the rossinante and her and alex both you know alex wants to go back to meet his family and she's gonna go with him to do emotional support right and but, see the people and, that she grew up with and stuff like that yeah she could be there for all kinds of reasons he's a martian because it does blunt the, i will say that like that's the other thing i noticed going back in my rewatches they start uh they start laying the mars shrinking that is pretty front and center in in mm-hmm. uh, season four like it's in the markets like everything in the foreground is more exotic and fun like the drug dealing and the weapons dealing and getting into martian underworld and all that but like they you talk about how you know there's people waiting in line unemployment lines never in martian history has that ever happened and this place feel like it's getting smaller and they're decommissioning decommissioning terraforming towers and it's being presented as a modernization effort but there's like a one like sentence like you know someone expressing skepticism like yeah right um and i i think that like because when i read book five um it comes as a shock when alex goes back and there's like a huge difference between like what his memory of mars was as this bustling boom town up and coming and coming back and and it didn't quite land as well in season five because we had Bobby there seeing all of this happen in, in, in real time. Sure. So it was like a shock to Alex, but not to us. So like yeah, yeah. there was either way they adapted it. I think they had plus and minuses, but yeah, I, I, I wish he's with the crew. Sure. I, I bet those people who didn't take their opportunity to go through the gate are really kicking themselves right now. You get all these terraforming platforms that have been disabled or, or dismantled and all that equipment is gone now. And, they're stuck on Mars, right? Like, wh- where are they going to go? Luna, Earth, with already too much population to feed? To, yeah, to I mean, Earth, to yeah, clothe. that's... It, and yeah. they can't get through the gate now because Marco owns Medina. So, like, yep. yeah, those people are fucked. I bet they wish they got out while they could. Yeah. Um, they also introduce this uh, blonde lady uh, that looks like she's Marco's lieutenant. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you said her name is Rosenfeld. 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 And um, my first impressions are her. She's like this kind of like ice queen belter. And I think that was pretty. I think she's a pretty good villain and she's uh, pretty easy. Like if, if you hate Marco, she seems like fucking hand and glove fit for him. And uh, they play well together, which means they're, ter- they're just terrible. The worst people. Uh, I found her instantly hateable. And I like that in a villain. Huh, okay. Yeah. Um, that is a character in the book. Uh, book six as well uh it, it's a different kind of character though it's not exactly the same um it, they do that a, a lot one it's a man but b the the disposition of that character is i think a little different but yes they do this all the time um and i'm liking what i'm seeing so far of her in season six um there's a lot of themes in this trailer of uh empathy and hope you know like uh Avastral talking about how she wants the Belters to feel, you know, what the, the, their loss and their death, um, and not in Which like could a be military, dark, like right. That could, yeah, that but could it's be the way it's dark. delivered. The, the way it's delivered in a trailer is more of like you know encouraging us the empathy, and she's looking for something that will kindle hope. Yeah, in the situation. So that's like because again, this the series starts in a very dark place, the middle of a particularly nasty guerrilla war. Um, where or Earth is hunkering down and, and and enduring these periodic rock attacks that keep them pinned down, and the crew is on edge, um, and it's it's trying to find the arc towards hope. Um, I do, yeah. 
And then the other thing, I guess, that is a big surprise in the trailer, at least for me, was this uh, sequence with a cute little girl and this weird purple frog-looking thing mm-hmm. making contact with her. Um, I will say, say that's seen... the, still the most mysterious thing, <laughs> yeah. like the most kind of like, what the fuck, uh, two episodes in. Totally. Uh it, it seems like it's opening doors that I'm not sure they can shut before the end of the season. Um, it is interesting. Um, yeah, let's uh, before I get into because there's one other scene that like bog- boggles my imagination, um, or because bo- I wrote all these things down before we watched them. But the scene of the cargo containers, yes, dumping what? into the ring gate. Like what in the fuck? Like I, this, this seemed to be the thing that got captured the fans' imagination too. It's like you know, mm-hmm. I, I haven't read the books. I'm like, what the fuck am I seeing? Like, what possible military strategy is being employed here? Like, what, what the hell? But it's just quite an image. Like, just hundreds yeah. of cargo containers vomiting out of this large spaceship into the ring gate. Um, are they going? Yeah. Are they going in? It was that the thing, or are they coming out? I don't know ring. if it's I, just I doing like a the 360, like shooting them out because of centrifugal force. Like, so is there a scene like that in the books? I guess that's the question I was interested in asking. Like, uh, it, not that I've read. No, interesting. Not okay. Not book six, I don't think. All right. Um, impressions. We're two hours into a six-hour story. Mm-hmm. What do you think so far? Whew. No spoilers. Uh, I would say if you're if you're looking for like a lot of the lighthearted stuff that happened in earlier seasons in the expanse, you might not want to look too closely for it here because this is a much heavier tone. I mean, the weight, and that's one of the themes, just the weight of everything um, is just dragging people down. They've been through so much shit. They're still in the middle of it and it's just grinding them into the dust. And it feels like it. I mean, from everything, I mean, the lighting has changed in the Rossi. Like, you've got a lot more reds. You've got a lot more. Everything is darker. um, And their attitudes are darker. And it just feels oppressive, which is exactly what you want in this scenario. Right. Uh, right. The other thing that I admired rewatching The Expanse is how, like, funny the show is on average. Like, how Uh sneaky kind of funny it is. Just, like, little character moments and stuff. These are characters that are not having a good time. This is not something that they want to be no. doing. And it's the, you know, you rejoin the action. They do another kind of like time jump six to nine months ahead. And the crew is, it's, it's not been fun since the earth got pelted. No. It hasn't been fun since. And uh, I've always thought the expanse has a good job in the makeup of like showing the physical state of the crew. Mm-hmm. You know, like Holden will spot sport a busted nose for a whole season because he got punched <laughs> yeah. or, you know, Naomi got fucked up doing that naked spacewalk laugh. And boy, when you see the crew for the first time, you're just going to be like, my God, these people look like they've aged 15 years. Yeah. And they haven't slept like, but a a half hour in that whole time. The hilarious part being that I, I feel like Amos and Claire are the only ones who've kind of come out the other side better for where yes the psychopath that escaped earth uh and uh-huh. his murderous coat yeah the, the lady that thought her the rest of her life going to be spent in the in buried in the hole yeah they're the ones that came out and be like yeah it's better than expected yeah yep. yeah they still have what, what little <laughs> light and humor comes from uh you know miss mao and uh, mr right. burton um being being uh mechanics together um, yeah and and they are like i said um you know, with that stuff on the alien world or whatever, they are kicking open new doors, which feels strange for a season that is shortened from all previous seasons. This is a shortest yeah, season like, ever billed as the final season. I've seen the first two hours. I still don't know where that stuff is going and I can't imagine it getting there in another four, but my speculation cause like my, my, the thing I thought when I saw that in the trailer and you know, we haven't seen much beyond you know, like it, it's like I said, I'm still perplexed about these scenes happening on Laconia. Yeah. Um, but my thought was always like, well, this must be the trailer for the next season. Wink, wink. You know, like this is going to be like how we're going to get people super fucked. We're going to get the hashtag screaming firehawks fired up for 
save the expanse for another on amazon we're going mm-hmm. to like try to get a mini series on hbo coming. we're going to try to get like a mm-hmm. you know fox or disney to make a movie series based on it and i still think my gut says that's what it's going to be that like this uh little girl in purple frog is going to be the opening of the gates in season three that thing that like hints to how much bigger this story can be if only someone will double our budget and pick us up for three more years because yeah. I can't imagine this going someplace satisfying in the context of this season. Right. Uh, and that's fine. They might I, be I able to connect it thematically, but you, you'll, you'll hear us in the first two episodes. Cause we've already recovered us. You'll, you hear us talk about like Fred about like, you know, what is the prospects for more season? And I started off pretty bullish. Um, but I gotta say, I think the odds of Amazon picking them up are a lot lower than I, I think, came into the season. Uh, I think they're effectively zero. Um, billing like, it as the final season in the trailer says we are not doing any more of this. Having only six episodes says this is not a big going concern for us. We just want to get it done with and and off our books. I'm perplexed because I've always heard that internally Amazon was happy with this show. Um, I know it's an expensive show, but it's by far, it's far, it's not anywhere near the most expensive show that's on. No, no. And it has a pretty good fan base. Like the, uh, the Reddit's got 200,000 people, uh, on it. Um, it just finished, uh, like, like literally a couple days ago, the, the final book dropped and it's getting pretty positive press. Um, I don't know why a, a studio that is wanting to spend, but maybe it's a dollars and cents thing. They're spending a quarter billion dollars on Lord of the Rings. And uh, they they got they they they're full of sci-fi fantasy. You know, they got the boys. They got that. Like maybe it's just kind of like a call. Like, hey, we've got a we've got a fairly neat place we can stop here. The second trilogy of trilogies, and then you know what? Let them go to another studio, see if they can make their way. But I'm I'm a lot more worried. Um, uh, I wouldn't be as worried if it weren't for the fact that this has now been dropped by two companies, um, t- two distributors. I. Is there a reverse mystique you think that's like a shit steak? Yeah. A miss shit? I don't know. How you... Yeah. A mistake? Is that? Yeah. There's yeah. a mistake on this show. There's like, Dude. nobody can figure out how to make this show make money. Um, at least to the point where it's sustainable enough to do as many seasons as they need. Because I'm with you. I don't think like Dan and Ty wanted this to be the final season. I'm almost or even the showrunners like I've not heard anything but like uh, the tone I've heard before the season was there's lots more expanse and we'd be happy to tell the story right um but like apparently Amazon just not not have it um yeah no it's it's kind of wild uh but yeah I I don't know man It, it would take almost a benevolent billionaire again to come in and pick this show up because they just like it and I where did those billion is is elon musk going to come here and start tesla tv and you're going to here's the only the final thing. three here's, episodes, the, he, uh, here's the only thing that gives me hope yeah there are so many content places that they're desperate for content True. and you have a completed well-regarded science fiction series um that has got a proven track record of being filmable you know like this isn't like uh-huh. asimov's foundation this isn't like doing the Cimmerillion. this isn't like robert Jordan no. of the time like Exciting action you got base. six yeah. you got five seasons of well-regarded science fiction and like you know they 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 could, they could keep doing more of this um i do think that like maybe the budget needs to go up a bit or something but it's a bummer because like if this thing shuts like so if they don't have a place to go by the end of the year the production shuts down how long does the production company keep the Rossinanti set yeah uh before that gets busted up and put into the chip but you know uh when do they start putting the props on when do they start releasing the studios yeah screenbid.com gets all their (laughs) when do all the vfx studios get reassigned and like once that stuff breaks up it's essentially an order of magnitude harder because you got to rebuild all i mean maybe they got the foresight that they can store all this for cheap but like that's the thing you worry about the band getting back going apart and doing other things and getting contractual engagements and signing the and then like what what does the expanse yeah. seven through nine look like if uh all you have is dan ty i mean i guess i'd have a lot of faith in that but like mm-hmm. they're not they're helping but there's a lot of stuff that's going on like 
behind the scenes with the actors, all that stuff that would be hard to replicate. I would. Yeah, I think so. But I don't know. I've also heard rumors that there's a significant time jump in the next books. So like maybe this is a time that you could clean slate, you know? Mm. Uh, but I, I, I don't know when they say significant time jump. I don't know if they mean like, like a year and a half, kind of like I think that like between like uh, in in the midpoint of season two and and uh, there was like a year and a half time jump or something. I don't know if they're talking about right. that or they're talking like thirty forty years. I think it's more of a Star Wars kind of time jump. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I could be wrong about that. I I have not read. This I, I will book. say this that like if if we get the end of the season, there's no per- buyers on site. I think I'm gonna go ahead and start just go ahead and finish this, the book series, and then yeah, if they if they do, then we'll just have. Uh, I guess two book readers. Are you going to finish the series? Oh, eventually, yeah, stuff? for sure. Yeah, okay. Because um, every time I've read, every time I've read a book, um, I find it a page turner and hard to keep yeah. down. Even though book five is probably the closest, one of the tightest mm-hmm. adapt- adaptations between book and show that I've I've seen them do yet. Um, yeah, they did some different stuff, stuff with Naomi, but it was this, it was the same stuff just for different reasons, different motivations. Yeah, and like Fred lives and he died, but like uh-huh. I, that's not a huge change in the plot as far as I can tell. Um, no. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood and the on-screen action for Season 1 and what they mean for the character's story and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Madman and father of Mad Max, George Miller, is back with another apocalyptic tale from the Australian wastelands. This time we're getting a prequel featuring the origin story of Charlize Theron's character Furiosa, starring the Queen's Gambit's Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role and the mighty Thor Chris Hemsworth as the warlord Dr. Dementis. Furiosa promises more high-octane, slightly radioactive action and fun. Furiosa drives in the theaters on May 24th, and we'll have our spoiler-free thoughts and impressions of the film as well as a discussion of trailers and upcoming movies for everyone. 
But if you want to ride with us the full length of the podcast on the eternal highways of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, you're going to have to be a club member. Join today at support.baldmove.com. Get our full discussion of Furiosa and many more first-run films, plus tons of other bonus podcasts and ad-free feeds. Support.baldmove.com. Yeah, there's definitely some some big surprises in, in, in store in the first episode or two that uh, you have to be careful not to reveal. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be things that probably make you angry. There's going to be... Uh, the, the other thing is we talked, we talked about it being dour but it's not dull no like, no the there's plot a is lot moving of action forward pretty fast lots of action there's been uh, a significant amount of space battles and mm-hmm. like uh pdc porn in the first two episodes um some daring raids and and, and whatnot uh so like yeah this is a war this is a, this is a, a war season and so far it feels like feels like yeah. uh there, there, there's a lot, lot more intensity and compression of the, of the plot but it doesn't it also doesn't feel like they're in a hurry. It doesn't feel like we are just barreling through and making huge logical leaps and stuff yet. So, yeah. Uh, no, I'm interested to see um, what we get from Avasarala this season because I don't feel like she's uh, really had her chance to shine yet. Um, there is a moment in season two where uh, she she gets a win that she needs, I guess, um, but. I, I, the thing I like to see her do is playing the politics. And I'm not sure how much room there is anymore for the politics. Uh, this is a war now. There, there is no, yeah. th- there is no talking anybody out of their position at this point. But, but manifestly, it seems like she's trying to win back the win some hearts and minds, not just maybe particularly on the belt, but like also on Earth that you've got like, mm hmm. Uh, you know, I said we we have uh, significant answers to how fucked up the Earth is, and um, you know, if you got a situation where you potentially have a complete biosphere collapse, and you've got, you know, tens of billions of people stuck on this planet, the last thing you want them to do is lose faith in the leadership and the people in charge. Yeah, because then the churn just goes into overdrive, and you know, your death toll goes up, uh, uh catastrophically. Mm-hmm. But they're doing. Like I said, there's still a lot of a lot of interesting politics going on. Like you can see, like this new Belter nation, like having to struggle with, uh, well, there's a shortage of water, food, and air in the belt. Uh, how are you guys going to solve it? You know, mm-hmm. like uh, can you just turn on the the spigots and and it's it's it uh, turns out the well Wallace had a plenty all along, or maybe it's tricky to move supplies and stuff around in the belt. Um, how does a revolutionary outfit handle that? Um, yeah are they only good at tearing things up or can they actually build something um yeah what kind of leadership is required to to make this work it's it's fascinating in the book and it seems like they're going that exact direction in the show uh for season six so i'm super excited about watching the free navy portion of the show as well yeah and the the that uh philip you know like uh there's no longer an explicit duel for his soul, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Naomi predicted that he would have some trouble carrying the weight of what he's done. And I think there is some exploration of what that looks like in a teenager, you know, like you know, being, uh, gr- grown up with the father he had doing the acts that he's done and now living with the reality. What does that look like? And I think those are some, some, some interesting portions. Well, I always thought the father son stuff that Marco and Philip was, really absorbing and interesting and also extremely gross and uh there's there's still a lot of that on on display yeah for sure uh what else i feel like we've talked as much as we can about these first two episodes without giving anything away yeah i'm very curious to see what other people think about it and uh i'm also because like this is feeling very much like a a, move, a conventional movie like these first two episodes felt like a solid first act and with six episodes it feels like maybe that is you're going to have a conventional three act structure in this season so um you know because because before and, and it's one of the symptoms of that is like for so many seasons now the expanse has been remarkable uh like starting around season three they had the cliffhanger hour of plot cliffhanger hour of plot cliffhanger hour of plot like it's just like mm-hmm. this is the most compulsively watchable show I've, I've seen these episodes and it's not that it's not compulsively but they've gone away from that cl- 
cliffhanger dependent strategy. So now it feels like these last two episodes were of a piece that fit together. Mm-hmm. And I presume the next two episodes will feel that and then you'll have a, a climax a finale. So I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that we'll have much more of a conventional structure and not as many reliance on cliffhangers because shit, man, you're, you're in on season six. You're going to finish this thing. Oh, of course. No, I don't think anyone yeah. gets no. halfway through season or halfway through episode two. It's like, you know what? Fuck this show. Uh, it definitely does. It feel like expanse Jim. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, just yeah. maybe a maybe an expanse with the weight of a few extra rocks. Yeah, a few billion dead. Hang, hang mm-hmm. But it definitely feels like expanse. The definite, like I'm, I'm, I'm not disappointed at all. No, it's just no, no. A, a much different tone and feel mm-hmm. now in the finale. And I, I don't know because I, I found there's a little bit more. A little bit of the old expanse humor in some of the stuff going on in episode two, like I said, yeah, Amos sure. and, the, and Peaches, you know, generate a lot of that. But um, and I and I hope they can do that because that's one thing. Like in in Breaking Bad, you know, Breaking Bad is famous for that kind of dark humor, character based humor, and they just kind of kind of all go away from it in the final season. I hope we don't do that. It, it, it didn't make it bad in that show either. That show ended fantastically. No. One of the best endings to a show ever. No, uh, uh, but it was the, just yeah, it changed as it went. Because it had to, but I do hope we find a little bit of light and 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 happiness in this final season, perhaps. And I also hope it's not the final season. I really do. I'm not as bullish as I was at the uh, you know even a month ago. Because like I said, that's before like uh, I started seeing the TV spots and that, and like they're just heavily. This is the final, yeah, yeah, the final season. And like uh, it's it feels very much from the showrunners and from Dan and Ty talking that it's no longer a possibility to come back at Amazon. It's just like maybe someone else will like carry the story. So I, we'll uh, it's going to be the great. What if, if, uh, book seven through nine, just stay on the shelf. Um, but I don't yeah. know. I, I, God, I hope. Cause I, you know what, you know, you know, you know, a, a network that, uh, or a streaming platform that doesn't have a solid science fiction show right now. No. Amazon to be fair, swimming with them. Apple got plenty. Mm-hmm. HBO. All HBO right. doesn't have like yeah, a Raised real, by Wolves like, didn't really work out for me. Didn't, uh, yeah, or maybe that's why they'd be shy of bringing Westworld. one in. But again, this has got a pedigree. West, Westworld. They've yeah, got Westworld. That's true. Is it ever going to come back on television? <laughs> Who knows? I hear next year. They started sometime. shooting season four. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, they need this it. up. CBS, What's Paramount that? Plus needs to pick this up because they want to lure over science fiction fans with Star Trek. I mean, they've got all that sci-fi. You can just you can just go to right after. Can they this. rename it as Good Trek? It, they can Call take this? they could take Voyager off. They could take Enterprise off. Maybe take most of Discovery call this Star, off. Just call this Star Trek Enterprise Two. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, the Captain Holden's the Adventures of Captain <laughs> Holden. Just there's this uh, <laughs> Stephen. Uh, take this uh, this badge. Put it on your chest. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. But the crash couches are looking more like captain's chairs now, but it's it's gonna be fine. Uh, All you got to do is just like draw, just fill in a little bit of that split circle, and you've got the Federation insignia, right? There you go. Right there, you go. Uh, <laughs> the outer Federation of planets. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody thinks about that. We're gonna have a kind of an unconventional structure. Uh, we're gonna have the first two episodes. And then we're going to come back for a dedicated feedback feedback pod because we had to record these first two uh, to make. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm I've, I've got an anniversary trip that I'm celebrating with my wife to make all that work, and then to make our Christmas break work, we're going to do episode three and four, release those, and do a feedback episode after that, and then we'll be doing a feedback episode I think for the last two episodes because uh, those will hopefully be plenty yeah. to talk about. If you want to get in on any of that discussion, uh, expanse at baldmove.com is where you want to send those emails. And uh, because we do have screeners, we will be releasing these episodes at the exact date and time that they drop. So whenever they come out, either late Thursday night or early Friday morning, we will have a full and complete Bald Move podcast ready for you to enjoy. Um, we've been going like we've had a lot of discussion. It's like we had like a fucking mammoth 90 minute podcast for that first one. Right. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed this preview and hope you hope you're all pumped. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy these first couple episodes and I'm going to enjoy being able to watch episode three tonight right? because I've not been able to do so since well, we've been waiting to do the preview and do these episodes. So now I can finally resume my watch. Uh, 
Thanks for listening. ExpansiveBallMove.com. Oh, we almost got away from that. Oh, talking right. about the very belt of Christmas. Um, Jim and I, since this was the last season, quote unquote, of the Expanse, thought it'd be kind of cool. It comes out at Christmas. We love Christmas. We started thinking, what does Christmas look like in the year 2360 or the 24th century that Expanses have? What, is the, what does Christmas specifically look like in the belt? Mm-hmm. You can't put up a Christmas tree. There's not wood out in the belt. What what, right. what would the would Christmas still be a thing? How would it be these people were know, once Earthers? I mean, they had to they were at work take Earthers that tradition at one with part. them. They they probably brought those traditions and 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 uh, memories, but they probably drifted a bit. You know, and it's and, hundreds and of years evolved. in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's evolved on Earth in that amount of time. So Christmas is not the same as it was Little House in the Prairie days. So uh, to say nothing in the medieval times. So there's there's some I think interesting uh, way. Uh, things to explore and jim and i thought it'd be fun to do uh something and we we came up with um what, what this is the conceit of it is avasaral has commissioned uh and this i think this in my head takes place somewhat be- before the season five before the rocks have actually hit and she's she's uh, commissioned a uh, un uh, cultural appreciation uh to, to foster like a brotherhood between all the peoples of the belt of mars and earth um, uh, like an oral history of Christmas in the Belt, and we hired professional. Uh, we worked with outfit called the Pad uh, Podcation. Yeah, uh, that do a lot of uh, audio dramas to get some professional voice talent to to bring to life the roles. Not really long. It's like like I said, ten fifteen minutes, and it just you know talks about what Christmas is like in the Belt. And I hope you guys enjoy it as like a little treat for the the Expanse community. And uh, we're going to be dropping the audio version of that here in the podcast feed if you're listening to Belt of Loda. And we'll also do um, not a video version, but like just, just a video version of the audio podcast with maybe some expanse art uh, on yeah. youtube.com slash bald. But yeah, when that drops, uh, you know, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at bald move if you want to uh, be aware at the moment that drops. Uh, but we're excited for bald. We're excited for the expanse, we're excited for Christmas. Mm hmm. Peanut butter and chocolate. We're putting them together. Uh, so there's something to look forward to. Expansiveballmove.com. If you got any feedback, we'll see you next week for episode one. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you, everybody.